When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. You might remember, at the beginning of spring, I planted a garden. Did I tell you that? It has peas, beets, carrots, cucumbers, kale, arugula, peppers. There are so many plants, I don't even know how to tell you about all of them. In the heat of the summer, the plants have been getting so big. The arugula has started going to seed. The zucchini seem to be doubling in size every day. And the sunflowers, well, they're sunny as can be. If I lean over part of my garden, I can hear the worms singing. I told you about them a while ago, and I'm in a friendly standoff with the squirrels who would like to eat some of my tomatoes, but I have insisted that is not allowed. They have taken to throwing apples at me when they have the chance, so I turn the hose on them when they get too close. In the midst of all of this, I didn't notice how big my lemon cucumber plant at the base of the apple tree was getting. Then one morning I stepped outside and realized I couldn't see the treehouse. The lemon cucumber vines had completely covered it. I started walking around the tree looking up, but it was all just massive leaves and cucumber flowers. I found the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse and started pushing my way until I bumped against the treehouse door. I must have knocked against it a few times as I tried to push it open because inside I heard someone say, Come in! The first story for this episode is by Jenny Cargill Strong, who is an award-winning Australian storyteller and enchantivist who teaches and coaches storytelling. Her passions and expertise are focused on stories of place, stories to celebrate the earth, stories to heal and strengthen community. Jenny has recorded and self-published five award-winning albums for children and adults under her label, The Story Tree Company. This is a story from her album, The Mermaid's Shoes, and is the tale, Two Russian Goats. The Two Russian Goats. If you like, you can help with the sound effects for this story. You can join in with the goat noises and the bird calls. Once upon a time, in Russia, there was an eastern goat who lived on the eastern mountain and a western goat who lived on the western mountain. In winter, the mountains were covered in snow, but in the warmer months, the eastern mountain had silky, pale green grass and was a wonderful place to view the sunrise. The western mountain had dark green velvety grass and was the best spot to view the sunset. 
between the two mountains was a deep, wide and very cold river. Over the river was a narrow little wooden bridge. Each goat lived happily on their own mountain, chewing their grass, making happy goat noises <laughs> and listening to the lovely bird calls at sunrise and sunset. But sometimes in the warmer months it happened that the eastern goat would look across longingly at the western mountain and say, I would like a taste of that dark green grass. Then she would walk down her mountain, along the steep winding path, through the meadow, over the narrow wooden bridge, through the meadow on the other side and up along the steep winding path of the western mountain. While the western goat was grazing on the other side of the mountain, she would graze on that velvety, rich, dark green grass. She would make some happy goat noises, <laughs> listen to the bird calls at sunset, and then she'd set off home, through the meadow, over the narrow wooden bridge, and up the steep winding path of her own mountain. And sometimes it happened that the western goat would look longingly across at the eastern mountain and say, I would like a taste of that pale silky green grass. Then he would walk down his mountain, through the meadow, over the bridge and up along the steep winding path of the eastern mountain. While the eastern goat was grazing somewhere else, he would graze on that silky bright green grass he would make some happy goat noises, <coughs> listen to the happy bird calls at sunrise, and then he'd set off home, down the mountain, through the meadows, over the bridge, through the meadow on the other side and back up his own mountain. But one day it happened that both goats came to the bridge at the same time. They both came down their mountains along the steep winding paths, through the meadows and onto the narrow little wooden bridge. The western goat said, Move off! The eastern goat replied, Move off yourself! The western goat said, Back off the bridge! The eastern goat said, You back off! I was here first! No, I was! The goats stomped their feet then, bleating angrily, <laughs> they walked towards each other on the bridge and locked horns. They pushed each other forwards and back. But then, splash, they both fell into the cold, deep river. Oh, that freezing water. It took their breath away and they each had to swim very hard against the river's strong current. When they finally got out, they were both exhausted but still cross. They shook themselves dry and said, I'm never going to that mountain again. Months passed and each goat lived happily on their own mountain. But after a while, 
It happened that the western goat looked longingly at the eastern mountain and said, Yes, the taste of that pale, silky green grass would be nice. And the eastern goat would look longingly at the western mountain and say, I would like a taste of that dark green velvety grass. And so it happened that again both goats came to the bridge at the same time. They both came down their mountains, through the meadow, to the narrow little wooden bridge. At first, it all happened as before. Each goat stood at opposite ends of the little bridge. The eastern goat said, Move off. The western goat replied, Move off yourself. The eastern goat said, Back off the bridge. The western goat replied, You back off. I was here first. No, I was here first. The goats stomped their feet and they were about to lock horns when suddenly they both remembered how cold the water was and how strong that current was in the river. Neither of them wanted to get wet and cold again, but goats hate going backwards. So they didn't want to do that either. But then the eastern goat had an idea. She said, Maybe if we're very careful, we got great pastures on the bridge. Yeah, maybe that could work, agreed the western goat. So, very carefully, the western goat and the eastern goat squeezed past each other on the bridge. And they made it! <laughs> That is how the eastern goat and the western goat became the best of friends. Often they would dine together. The eastern goat would call across, Would you like to have some pale silky green grass? And the western goat would walk down his mountain, through the meadow, over the narrow wooden bridge, through the other meadow on the other side and up the eastern mountain. They would enjoy the sunrise together. They'd listen to the birds' early morning songs. Eat some grass. And make some happy goat noises. <laughs> In the afternoon, the western goat would say, Would you get to dine on some dark velvety green grass? Then they'd walk down her mountain together, along the steep winding path, through the pretty meadows, over the narrow wooden bridge, through the meadow on the other side and up along the steep winding path of his mountain. They would munch happily on the grass there, make happy goat noises, <laughs> watch the sunset and listen to the birds make their beautiful go-to-sleep calls. And I heard that they lived happily ever after.
Today's fairy tale sponsor is Seven Fairies Hedges. Privacy is a premium, and even in the suburbs or the city, you can call on Seven Fairies Hedges. Yes, the same fairies that created the impenetrable wall of thorns around Sleeping Beauty's castle can create a beautiful boundary around your home. These hedges are ideal for those with growing children and can include enchantments for every stage of growth. Infant hedges are designed to keep little toddlers from wandering. Children hedges will shoot out vines to keep stray balls from going over the fence. And teen hedges will ensure that your adventurous offspring never make it to that party that you said they couldn't go to. Seven Fairies Hedges even has a home security hedge. If they could keep everyone out of Sleeping Beauty's castle for a hundred years, there is no mischief that will make it over your garden wall. We do advise keeping pets away from some of the more lively hedges, as they are known to disappear. If you're looking for perfect privacy and protection, call Seven Fairies Hedges today. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporters, the Sap family. Carl Sapp has the ability to make things stick to his hands, which is why he is excellent at tug-of-war. Ida Sapp can blow clouds away with a whistle, which makes every picnic perfect. And Ezra Sapp can leap like a person-sized grasshopper, which means there are no trees too tall for him to climb. They are also generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. I'd also like to extend a special thank you to Ezra, who checked in on me and my health while we were on summer break. I am healthy, and so appreciate you reaching out and hope you enjoy this and future episodes. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Carl, Ida, and Ezra, and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. It would be pretty cool. Come in, the voice called again. I had been looking at the treehouse door, trying to decide. But when someone invites you in, even to your own treehouse, it's polite to go inside. I pushed at the door and opened to a space much larger than the treehouse I remembered. It seemed to be some kind of sitting room that had the oddest decorations. Flowers on a table right next to a rat skeleton poised to run. A pile of books with a cup of tea and three large carrots on top of them sat next to a chair. And from out of the kitchen? When did the treehouse get a kitchen? Came the strangest looking woman I had ever seen carrying a plate of award-winning strawberry scones. She might have been old, but she walked like she was young. She had long white hair and a very long nose. I then caught sight of the mortar and pestle behind her and knew who had moved into the leafy abode and why the lemon cucumber had gotten so big. So I politely addressed her. Hello, Baba Yaga. Is this your summer home for the year? Baba Yaga looked at me shrewdly and giggled like a naughty child. <laughs> I thought to have a few hours of fun with you before I turned you into a chicken. But seeing as you know me, would you like a scone? I don't know if it was wise to accept her offer, but 
the scones looked delicious. I spent a few hours up there chatting with her and loaned her a book or two. I wonder if she'll ever return them. The second teller for this episode is Oni Lasana, a storyteller based out of Philadelphia. Oni specializes in Paul Lawrence Dunbar's spoken word, folk tales from around the world, and historical reenactments, modern day stories on the adventures of living, loving, and learning. She sent this story especially for podcast listeners to enjoy. This is her telling, Anansi, Why Spiders Hide in Corners. Hi, my name is Oni Lasana, and I'm going to tell you a revised version of why Anansi the spider sometimes lives up on the ceiling. One very bright and sunny day, King Lion called all the animals together in the village. He wanted to find out who was the smartest and the cleverest in the village. Of course, Anansi the spider bragged that he was the smartest, the most clever creature in all the village. Sister Mockingbird said, Anansi, sometimes you may be smart and sometimes you are clever and tricky, but Anansi, you cannot fly. Only birds can fly, my dear. Anansi screwed up his face. Really? I will show you. I can fly just as high as you, Sister Mockingbird. Well, with that, Anansi gathered many feathers from all the birds in the forest. Please, may I have some feathers from you, Sister Coquerico? Please, may I have some feathers from you, Mr. Parrot? Please, may I have some shiny feathers from you, Brother Hummingbird? Thank you, one and all. All Anansi's bird friends gave him plenty of feathers, for they all wanted to see if Anansi really could fly. So Anansi spun his web onto the rubber tree, and he took the rubber glue and he put it all over his body. It was really sticky. Anansi patted the glue on his eight legs, his tummy, his back, and pressed all the feathers down into the rubber glue. Anansi was ready to fly. King Lion called out all the animals closer into the circle. Come, come to see Anansi fly. Everyone gathered around to see if Anansi could really and truly fly. Miss Armadillo, Mr. Aguti, Brer Manuku, Brer Porcupine, Sister Mongoose, Brer Deer, Sister Piggy, and Brer Monkey couldn't wait to see if a Nazi was smart, wise, and clever enough to fly. Sister Mockingbird shouted, Look up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! No, it's a Nazi! Anansi was flying high in the sky. All of a sudden, Br'er Eagle flew right next to Anansi. Anansi, what are you doing up here so high in the sky? You think you can fly as high as me? Anansi looked quickly at Eagle. Sure, why not? 
See me here? Br'er Eagle laughed. Come on, Anansi. Come, let we fly higher and higher and higher. Anansi took the dare, and he flew higher and higher and higher next to Br'er Eagle until they reached the sun. Sun was shining real hot, hot, hot that day. So hot, the sun melted the rubber glue sticking to Anansi. All the feathers fell off of Anansi as he was falling down out of the sky. The animals were looking up and laughing. Ha 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 Anansi landed on the soft palm branch on the top of a house. He was so ashamed, so embarrassed because he had bragged and boasted about how he could fly. Soon Anansi realized that he was not the smartest or the cleverest in the village after all, because if he was, he would have never flew so close to that hot, hot sun. Well, children, while all the animals laughed and laughed at Anansi's foolishness, Anansi ran inside the house and he hid in the corner of the roof. And that is why today, Anansi the spider and all his family live high up in the ceilings of homes all over the world. Now you can tell this story. But mind how you chat, cause that story is not the end of that. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Jenny Cargill Strong at storytree.com.au and Oni Lasana at onilasana.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. So many storytellers are doing online events so you, yes you, can see and hear some of your favorite storytellers of the podcast tell you stories from the comfort of your own home. These may be different times, but the opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling are abundant. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know you can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Harding. You can see the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page when I finally catch up with posting them. <laughs> While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was a beautiful hedge that I walked by the other day. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was my out-of-control garden. I'm not complaining. Today we have a special song written and sung by storyteller Harvey Heilbrunn. So stick around after the credits to hear his rendition of Quarantine Home on the Range. For those of you who are not familiar with the song Home on the Range, it is a classic American ballad, which Harvey has rewritten the lyrics to reflect the current work we're doing to keep each other safe through these strange days. The music for this episode was by Poddington Bear. 
This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. I work on my own when I stay here at home When I'm not, I am out in a crowd Telling stories to teach all the students I reach And share writings that I do out loud Home, home every day Where I'm told that is where I must stay I will try to keep fit Though I'll probably sit And pray soon it will all go away Just before it began I could shop with a plan For the things that we needed like meat Then the panic struck in now the stock is so thin There's not much to find we can eat Home, home every day Where I'm told that is where I must stay I will try to keep fit Though I'll probably sit Then pray soon it will all go away now we're all stuck at home Though outside we can roam But make sure should we happen to meet Not a hand should we take We must bow and not shake Social distance is at least six feet Home, home every day Where I'm told that is where I I will try to keep fit Though I'll probably sit And pray soon it will all go away You must do what they say Wash hands twelve times a day Or more if you touch anything Paper products are nil Quarters emptied the till so there's nothing left but for to sing Home, home every day Where I'm told that is where I must stay I will
I'll try to keep fit Though I'll probably sit And pray soon it will all go away Where you once were alone In the place that you own Now there are people there all day and night Let us all say a prayer As they get in your hair that our world will soon fix itself right. Home, home every day. Where I'm told that is where I must stay. I will try to keep fit, though I'll probably sit, and pretty soon it will all go away. I will try to keep fit, Though I'll probably sit And pretty soon it will all go